Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. It's not good financial news, I'm afraid, with data released by the Office for National Statistics showing the UK economy shrank by 0.3% in August, meaning we're on the brink of a recession. ONS figures also showed that GDP, that's a measure of the size and health of a country's economy, fell more sharply than had been predicted. While the majority of experts expected a flat August, news of the 0.3% shrinkage follows growth of just 0.1% in July. It comes after Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey warned its emergency intervention to shore up UK debt will end on Friday, leading to even bigger worries about pension funds, which are significant holders of UK government debt and index-linked bonds. But now Business Secretary Jacob Rees-Mogg is pointing the finger at the Bank of England for the whole sorry situation. He was on BBC Breakfast trying to deflect blame away from Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng's mini-budget. I think that the mini-budget was um, not the most important factor within this. I think the interest rate differential is a more fundamental point because that is more clearly an investment point. And that the scale of the mini-budget... Uh, can get overblown as a percentage of GDP. All these toxic ingredients made for a particularly fractious Prime Minister's questions as PM Liz Truss faced a Labour leader, Keir Starmer, at the dispatch box. Everyone can see what has happened. The Tories went on a borrowing spree, sending mortgage rates through the roof. They are skyrocketing by £500 a month. What we will make sure is that over the medium term, the debt is falling. But we will do that not by cutting public spending, but by making sure we spend public money well. So what kind of mess are we in? How are people battening down the hatches? And is there any way out? To help us navigate the economic small print and the challenges ahead, we're joined by the Evening Standards business editor, Jonathan Prynne. Jonathan, what are you reporting on Wednesday? Well, Mark, we've got another fairly uh, tumultuous day in the markets. A lot of confusion about what the Bank of England are planning towards um, the gilt market next week. So as a result, gilt prices have fallen quite heavily again today, which 
pushes up the yields on gilts, which uh, is basically the interest rate that the government has to pay in order to be able to sell its debt. What's the context of the UK economy shrinking by 0.3% in August? Well, manufacturing fell quite heavily. Parts of the service sector as well, services sector, which is the biggest part of the economy, also saw big falls. I think the overall number, 0.3%, was unexpected. People were expecting the economy to kind of flatline during the month. Um, And it means that the third quarter of the year, which is the June to September quarter will almost certainly be negative. And of course, it's two negative quarters on the drop that constitute a recession. Could you break down what the issue is with the pension funds and how come these are suddenly on the economic front line? Well, it turns out there was a bit of a time bomb built into these um, of these pension funds, which kind of exploded in the aftermath of the Chancellor's mini budget uh, on the 23rd of September, which triggered a big fall in sterling and in gilts. And some of these pension funds suddenly found themselves having to sell off assets, gilts in particular, but almost in a fire sale scenario. And it more or less brought the entire gilts market to a grinding halt. And that had very, very dire implications for the funding of um, of some pension funds. So the Bank of England was pretty much forced to intervene to stop the gilt market from bunging up because the knock-on effect for pension funds was looking pretty... And indeed, the entire financial system was looking fairly horrendous. Is there a possibility the bank's emergency support package could continue after Friday? Well, I think there's always a never-say-never aspect to it, but the bank's been very clear twice now, once in a speech from Andrew Bailey last night, and again in a formal statement this morning, that it will end on the 14th, on Friday. And so to go against that is going to look really undermine the, the bank's credibility. And poor old Jacob Rees-Mogg's been complaining about his mortgage increase. Do you agree with his suggestion that our current economic woes were more down to the Bank of England, not moving fast enough on interest rates and the strength of the dollar rather than the Chancellor's mini-budget? It's a slightly desperate attempt to shuffle the blame elsewhere. But I mean, the big picture is what, what's ultimately driving all this is that the, the, the world's capital markets are very, very worried about the government's ability to fund its deficit. And the deficit is only set to widen with all the help that's going to householders, and rightly so, to cover their energy bills. But there were some really big unexpected tax cuts, or some some of them were unexpected, in, in the mini-budget. And the markets are just not persuaded that the government has a plan, a credible plan, to close the deficit and to put the government finances on, a, on an even keel in the longer, medium to longer term. There just is no confidence in that at all, not helped by the fact that there were no OBR forecasts um, to go with the mini-budget. They are now going to publish them at the end of October, but uh, in you know it, it was going to be to November, but that was another U-turn. So that it, what's driving it, ultimately, is a lack of confidence in government economic policy. Let's go to the ads. Coming up, how Londoners are preparing for a bleak economic winter... Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Jonathan, what are some of the negotiations going on behind the scenes between the Treasury and the Bank of England? The Treasury and the, and the Bank of England have not been working together in the way that they should have been. And there's a tension there that um, is very worrying. It's a bit like when number 10 and number 11 aren't speaking with one voice, when the Treasury and the old lady of Threadneedle Street are not in lockstep, then that really worries the markets and, and undermines Britain's economic credibility. So I'm sure they are talking to try and get the message unified and consistent. But at the moment, the markets are hearing different noises from the Bank of England to from the Treasury, a lot of blame and buck passing like um, Jacob Rees-Mogg was attempting this morning. It's not a pretty picture. What's your take on the viability of so-called trussonomics as a fiscal doctrine? Well, supply-side reforms, which is what she's, uh, the Prime Minister is, is sort of banking the, the, the farm on, are great uh, in theory, and they can deliver increases in productivity and growth and all that sort of thing. But they're not a quick fix. We haven't really had a clear broad brush kind of overview of what the supply side reforms under Liz Trust might look like. I, I gather there's more announcements due uh, later, probably next month, I think, on freeing up the supply side and trying to get Britain's growth motoring again. But that, yeah, those are long-term fixes, take a long time generally to feed through into the real economy. In the meantime, we've got a recession on the way, inflation, um, interest rates rising pretty rapidly, um, energy bills, mortgage bills all going the wrong way, and you know, long winter ahead of us. So I think that in the short to medium term, the growth, growth, growth agenda is going to be incredibly hard to achieve and probably won't be achieved. In fact, the economy will go south probably for the next year, year and a half. Um, beyond that, who knows? But it won't come in time for the next general election. I think that's a fair bet. How do you assess the situation that we face compared to what happened in 2008? Every financial crisis, every recession is different, has its different causes and different characteristics. I think on the plus side, the Bank of England, particularly under Mark Carney, did some really, really good work after the financial crisis and in stress testing and bolstering the defences of Britain's financial system and Britain's banking system in particular. So it's unlikely, we're unlikely to have the same kind of near-death experience that we had with the entire banking system back in 2008. So that's on the plus side. I think on the on the minor side, the public finances have just got worse and worse and worse. And um, I think personal finances um, and the financial position of households is looking much worse than it was in 2008. And I think it will it'll really start to unravel over the winter. I think the one good thing we've got that we've had for a long time, actually, is unemployment is still very, very low. Unemployment's been low for many, many years now, really since the last global financial crisis, with the exception of the blip of the, of the pandemic. But that's good. That's good. It means people can, that they'll feel the pain, but at least 
they will be able to afford to pay the mortgage while they're in work, hopefully. It's when unemployment starts to rise that we, we I think we really need to worry. And I suppose most importantly, on the ground, do you have any thoughts on how people should be preparing for any future recession? I think people, I mean, they don't, they don't need advice from me in a way because people are very good. Um, we're already starting to see it in in the shops, in, in selling patterns in the shops, how people are starting to adjust, trade down to cheaper items, fresh for frozen, wonky fruits that are a bit cheaper, all those sorts of things. We had good figures today from Poundland. People can see what's coming and they're adjusting their lifestyles, they're adjusting their spending habits accordingly. And most people will muddle through so long as they stay in work. Most people will be able to change their spending patterns, cut back here and there. It won't be much fun, but they'll muddle through. But, you know, for the bottom 10%, 20%, I don't know, maybe the ones who are least, who are most vulnerable, least financially resilient, particularly the ones who lose their jobs and stay out of work for a long time, it's going to be really, really tough. And they're the ones that obviously the government needs to um, focus on and any help. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.